All right, guys, Chris Brooks here, another edition of the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and inside the Rebels. And typically, I say I hope you had a good weekend, but it wasn't such a great weekend. I bet I can beat yours, though. I bet I can beat yours. All right, what are we going to do today? There's a couple of things. Obviously, the LSU game. Obviously and unfortunately. Yeah, we got to break that down here in just a minute. So we'll get into exactly what happened during the LSU game. Um, I had also, look, I'm, you might hear some birds chirping out in the, out the window, had an AC unit go out over the weekend. I mean, nothing better than the AC unit going out. Nothing better than that. So uh, I have somebody showing up later to, to replace that thing outside and we'll move on from that. So that kind of added a little bit of insult to injury, but, uh, but look, we're talking about sports here. We're all probably, we probably all have it a little bit better than we deserve already. So certainly fortunate, but not so fortunate Saturday in Baton Rouge when, um, wow, I can't even remember the score. And I don't want to look at the computer to see what it was. It was 40 something to 20. Was it 45? I think it was 45. Here on National Bologna Day. There you go. It's National Food Day. You can go do that. Get yourself something good to eat. And it's also United Nations Day for whatever that means. No idea what we're going to do on United Nations Day, but it's bologna day. Go get some bologna, cut it up in the corners, you know, throw it on the throw it in the pan, fry it up. I mean, that's a good day. That's a good day. It's not going to make up for Saturday, though. Uh, we want to do a little bit of, of the game from Saturday, exactly what that loss means for Ole Miss, you know, how it changes the season. You know, what's the outlook now? You know, some some good, you know, a lot of bad. And we'll get into that. There's not a ton of recruiting that I want to knock out this morning uh, with Ole Miss on the road. You know, you don't have the guys coming in on campus and doing that whole visit thing. So we don't have a ton there. We're still watching, at least I'm watching all these Mississippi kids to see what happens there. Primarily holding on to what you have and possibly swinging Dante Dowdell and Isaac Smith in the boat, especially with Dowdell, Isaac Smith. I'm still I'm not sure what their plan is there. Uh, so who knows? We'll follow those and up until you know you get to signing day. But it's going to be all about the SEC, all about Saturday and where Ole Miss sits now. You know, and I'm watching the game, and you know I'm at the house, and you know I'm going back and forth with a few friends of mine, and you know some of them are down there at the game which uh, that experience is is something to remember when you come up on the short end of a game like that in Baton Rouge. I mean, that's – and many of you were there. But you start out the early part of that game, you know, like gangbusters. They just looked unbelievable. And you, you felt like it was going to be a good day. What was it? I know it was – was it 14 nothing at one point, 17-3? And then, man, from that point on – LSU just absolutely blew the doors off of Ole Miss. They did. I was not a competitive game after that. And, um, man, I was stunned. Not just that the game went that way, but the way it started and then to flip in the game to what it became. I mean, Ole Miss started out great. Jackson Dart looked great, throwing the ball all over the field. Malik Keith had a big day. And then all of a sudden, something changed. And LSU absolutely rolled Ole Miss. So what do you make of all that, right? 
you know, what are your, you know, the game didn't go well. You try not to overreact. This is what I think happened. Don't know what happened. Don't think, I, I think this is what happened. It's easy to look at that game. And on one Saturday, on one day, you know, I thought LSU looked like the better football team across the board. I thought they won virtually every position battle. The only place I would have given Ole Miss the edge was Quinshawn Judkins. You know, in a, on a day he ran for 111 and struggled for every one of them. You know, that guy is fantastic. Other than that, you know, LSU looked like they dominated across the board. But let me tell you what happens typically when you run into that. That means you're getting destroyed on both lines of scrimmage. And, and that happens. I felt like they got beat up pretty good on both sides of the football in the trenches. And when that happens, anything behind them, it's going to be hard to look good. You know, offensively, defensively, doesn't matter. Jackson Dart looked terrific early in that game, but he had a lot of protection, had time to throw it. There were guys open and he was money. Then all of a sudden the protection was awful. There wasn't anywhere to run. I mean, the offensive line from whenever that part after the first quarter, roughly, you know, they got, they got worn out. And when that happens, the quarterback's not going to look great. And Jackson Dart is not the kind of guy yet that's going to be able to handle that circumstance. I mean, that's got to be for a quarterback about as bad as it gets. You're on the road in Death Valley, you know, one of, on a very short list, hardest places to play in the country against an LSU team that I still think is pretty good. And they're well-coached. Brian Kelly, for all his faults, and I've certainly made fun of him some because that stuff just is what it is. The accent and that stuff just is what it is. But I do think that guy's a good football coach. And that team was well-prepared for that game. So you're on the road in Death Valley against a good football team, and you're a young kid. Your first year at Ole Miss, your first year in the SEC, He's not ready, not that any quarterback is is ready for that circumstance. When the protection breakdowns, anybody's going to look bad. But, you know, maybe year two, three, there are some things that he can do. But I thought that game was was lost on the defensive and the offensive line. I think Jackson Dart would be fine. Uh, I got the question Saturday about Zach Evans. You know, how big a loss was that? I really don't know because there really weren't many running lanes and you can't just, you know, throw him in there and then tack on the yards that he would have gotten because it would have taken away from Quinchon's yardage. You know, they would have split carries in that game. I honestly don't think that was a huge deal. Just the way that game played out. If they were getting beaten that badly on the offensive and defensive lines, I don't think that was going to be a, a huge deal. Now, you can also take into account, you know, maybe it's a game plan. You know, I think that probably applies more defensively. You know, that's three weeks in a row. They've really struggled. And, you know, I know a lot of you are talking on the board about the three-man front and all of those things. But it, it's, it can also be an indicator of personnel. You know, when coaches are trying to do something, maybe they can't just switch that up and try something different. Maybe they don't have the personnel to do it. But all of a sudden, the defense has looked not good the last couple of, of weeks, and especially the defensive line. Didn't get any kind of pressure. 
and they're not going to be successful doing that. I mean, the only two guys that I can think of that looked good, I thought Quinshawn Jenkins still looks looks great. And Malik Heath had a day. And Malik Heath had a big day. Outside of those two on either side of the football, it's really hard to pick a guy. You know, but at the same time, I don't think you need to make too much of Saturday. It is a game. You know, let's say maybe it's game planning. Maybe the coaches had a bad day. Look, and that happens. It's okay to say that. Um, it's hard to know that, which is why I'm, I'm never going to go hardcore on an opinion on a coach because you don't know the circumstances. You don't know the personnel. You don't know the injury situation. Just you don't know. I mean, talking heads that do that stuff, they don't know. They just they don't. They, they, you just you don't know. But I know what happens. You know, coaches will tell you after the fact, man, that was – we got our butts kicked schematically like they had an answer for everything and hopefully that's what happened saturday because if that was a big part of saturday you feel better going forward because i think that staff will figure it out and you just chalk it up to a bad day um doesn't change a whole lot for me you know you're gonna have to deal with for a week like i told a few friends you're gonna have to deal with for a week i've, I've seen lots of references to the schedule and Hey, this is for a top 10 team, a fraudulent team. You got to deal with that for a week, but then you get an opportunity at A&M to change that narrative, you know, and that's just how college football works week to week to week. It changes so fast. Uh, but it is true that the schedule has been incredibly favorable. And when you're looking at big time wins, you know, Kentucky was a nice win. I wouldn't call that just a great win. You know, I think in, in some respects, Lane Kiffin is still looking for that just great win. You know, he's beaten everybody he's supposed to be. And look, he's put that roster in a place where they are favored a lot. That in of itself is a big deal. But they've beaten all the teams they're supposed to beat. And they've beaten some good ones. You know, last year they had a couple of wins. And I mean – Teams that at the end of the year, not just at the time, Kentucky was top 10 when they beat them. That's not a top 10 team. You know, they might be ranked at the end of the year. It's a nice win. They had a couple of those maybe last year. A&M, I think, finished ranked. Arkansas, I think, finished maybe 20, 21, 22. So in some respects, they're still looking for that just big win. against uh, Tennessee was a good win last year, but I think Tennessee finished 7-6. and six. They weren't ready for – weren't last year what they are this year. So I think that's the only thing for Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss resume that he's still looking for. Uh, he's done a phenomenal job. I think you'll find very few people that would disagree with that, but still looking for what I guess what you would call a signature win. You know, your Bama's, your well, not going to play Georgia. I mean, they beat Indiana in that bowl game couple of years ago, but uh, Indiana was ranked high, but I don't think anybody really felt like Indiana was great. They didn't have their quarterback that day. So you're still looking for your signature win. Uh, I do think this is a team that can get it. You just kind of lick your wounds for the week, regroup, figure out what happened, what the injury situation is. A&M looks terrible. You know, I'm going to look around the SEC here just for a minute. Where is Ole Miss and what's the season look like? You know, A&M was awful at South Carolina and they're sitting there three and four, one and three. Look, that can, that can be taken a couple of ways. You know, yes, they've been awful, 
but that's like a dog backed into a corner. Like Jimbo Fisher needs a win in a bad, bad way. They need a win in a bad way. So we'll find out what kind of situation you walk into Saturday. Is that place a madhouse or a lot of those fans just ready to turn? Are the players ready to turn? Uh, but I know they struggled at South Carolina, so you feel better about the opponent and who you're playing. Now, as bad as Saturday was, if you get a win at A&M this weekend, then you get the bye week to get healthy. The narrative changes back a little bit. You're probably ranked right around 10 again or somewhere like that. And then you've got Alabama and Ole Miss in a matchup of likely maybe two top 10 teams. I think Ole Miss was 12 in the coaches' poll, so they can move up a couple of spots. You've got the A&M week and then a bye week. So you And then Alabama's got to beat LSU first, though. Um, which you you hope that happens. I mean, you want you want Bama to win it. For Ole Miss to have a shot at this, you want Bama to win that, give LSU a second loss, and then from that point you control your own destiny, which, yeah, you still talk about that stuff. As bad as you look Saturday, that's the way you're still viewing this. Four games left. If as long as Bama beats LSU, you control your destiny. Beat Bama at home. So, yeah, this thing could change back in a hurry. Uh, but they do have to fix some issues. And then you're looking around the SEC. It's those top three teams. It's Bama, it's Tennessee, it's Georgia. And then there's a pretty big drop-off. And then there's everybody else just kind of duking it out here. Um, do have to figure out exactly what that was with the offensive line. Not sure what that was. You know, because there's talent there. There should be some personnel there. You know, and the same could be said about the defensive line. You know, you you guys as fans have heard a lot of talking heads talk about the depth there and how much improved that part was going to be this year and have not looked like that the last couple of weeks. But still, everything's there. If you would have started the year and said, hey, you guys can be sitting 7-1, and one, I mean, you take that all day, every day. So it's just one bad one. You move on from it. And who knows? Maybe that could end up being a good thing. You don't want to lose a game, but if it corrects a few issues, if it highlights a couple of problems that maybe weren't known at the time and it helps you be a better team against Bama later, you know, who knows where that ends up. And you know Lane wants that game, but you've got to get A&M first, and we'll knock that out some tomorrow. You know, we'll get into A&M, what's going on there. Who knows what's going on there? Such a weird situation. So much money being paid for just pedestrian results. And you hope that continues Saturday. I mean, don't wake up now. You know, if AM is going to tank this year, just hey, keep it up at least one more week. All right, guys, always appreciate you listening to the podcast. Y'all have a great day. I'm going to go fix this AC unit somehow. This is Chris Brooks on the Rebels 247 podcast with 247 Sports and Inside the Rebels. Y'all have a great day. <laughs>